0: All right, guys. So we're gonna hit on a topic today that uh, has probably been weighing on my heart, if I'm being honest with myself, for for years. Um, you know, we spend a lot of time at, at prep hoops, at prep girls hoops, in this uh, in this recruiting game, in this visibility game, where we're trying to bring exposure to uh, you know players across the country, uh, bring visibility to them, so that they can ultimately uh, play at the college level. But um, so much, I feel like we glamorize the. Um, The recruiting process for uh, the final destination being that scholarship offer or committing to a school, when when in reality, that's actually the starting point. Uh, When when you commit to a school, that's when the real work starts. as it pertains to you know, your success in life after, after high school. And uh, you know so many times we see kids that get you know, great recognition, they commit to, to play in college, really maybe don't realize what they're signing up for and then they get to college and uh, you know, they're not able to have the level of success that they were in high school because they weren't prepared for uh, what was coming their way. And so uh, today, what I want to talk about—we uh, have talked to over 30 Division One college coaches, both head coaches and assistants, uh, over 15 Division Two coaches, and 10 Division Three coaches. Just polling them on feedback for what keeps kids off the court early in their college careers. So we've all talked about this. This. Uh, this transfer epidemic that's going on right now where you have, you know, upwards of 800 players per year that are transferring at the division one level alone. Uh, You do see that trickle down to the division two and division three levels. Um, Some of it has to do with, you know, lack of clarity through the recruiting process. Some of it has to do with coaching turnover, Uh, but a lot of it has to do with a lack of of college readiness. And... um, the reality of the situation is, if you're not in the mix, if you're not playing by your sophomore year, somewhere in that rotation, um, and it's not true everywhere, but if you're not if you're not playing by your sophomore year, the likelihood of cracking that rotation becomes a lot more challenging because you have new kids coming in behind you, in addition to the guys that are playing in front of you or girls that are playing in front of you, and so. Uh, we want to talk about the the top five things that are keeping kids off the court early in their uh, early in their collegiate careers. So the number one thing that we got feedback on from college coaches at all levels is the strength and the adjustment to the strength and physicality of the college game. So. The first thing you got to acknowledge is that you're playing against players in some situations that are 22 and 23 years old when you're coming in as an 18 year old. So the expectation may not be that you're going to be stronger than those kids, or I guess than those those men and women, but you do need to come with a level of physicality and also come with an embrace and an infrastructure that's ready to that you're ready to build on. And so you wanna have a foundation of having lifted weights, significantly lifted weights, um, if not in your high school program uh, with an individual strength trainer outside of the building. Obviously high school programs across America run a huge gamut for... the the strength programs that are available. Some programs just do bigger, faster, stronger. Um, Some schools don't have a strength program at all, but maybe they only have a weight program. So we we have a wide range of introductions to weights that we get at school. Um, No matter what it is that you're introduced to, you have to do that program to the best of your ability. Now, in addition to that, if you need supplemental resources, um, there are opportunities to seek out training outside of the building, but strength impacts your ability to defend your position, to rebound your position and outside of your position. It impacts your ability to get bumped on cuts and you start rolling into the conditioning aspect of strength and conditioning. The, the college game is so fast. People are sprinting everywhere on the court. So your ability to be able to sprint and be gassed and then knock down shots and lock into scouting reports and do all the different things that need to be done in addition to just existing on the court, strength and conditioning is the key to all of those things. And so in the 30 division one coaches that I got responses from, 28 of them had strength and or conditioning in their top two answers when asked for the top three things that keep kids off the court. So this is something that's 100% in your control. And for those of you that are hearing this, the younger that you are, the better position that you're in. But you need to start working on this stuff now. And it's amazing the dividends that you can make once you build a great foundation for your technique in lifting, for your wind in running, but it's gotta be something that you work at every day just like you do with your nutrition and your sleep and everything that else that goes along with being an elite level prospect. So again, you do not need to be a bodybuilder. You don't need to come in at your peak playing weight when you get to college. It's nice if you do, you don't have to be at that point, but you have to be willing to be extremely physical as you get stronger and you have to have a great infrastructure for lifting so that when you get to college, it's not a complete shock off the court like it is on the court. So strength is the number one key. So what you can do now to help prepare yourself for this strength element, commit to your strength program at school, Um, commit to a path that's gonna get you to where you need to be, because when you get to college, you're gonna be lifting four to five days a week off season and then during the season, you're gonna be lifting minimally two to three days a week. So regardless of what your high school program is doing, and some of you have the benefit of having high school programs who do this already, but for those of you who don't, you need to build a regiment for yourself that's four to five days a week outside of the season and two to three times inside the season. So there's no perfect weight program. You don't need to go around and find the, the, the perfect program, but you need to find a program that you can commit to today and do that as hard as you possibly can. And I promise you, when you go to bench press your first time, when you go to squat your first time, when you go to do cleans specifically your first time, and front squats and all these different things, it's going to be uncomfortable, you're not going to like it, you're not gonna be good at it, you're not gonna be able to lift a lot of weight, but do not allow that discomfort to stop you from pursuing your goals, because this will be the reason that you don't play or one of the main reasons you don't play when you get to college. So fight, fight the urge to give into that discomfort and just embrace that process. Now, if you don't have those resources inside of your building, you need to ask around, go to your club coach, go to the different people that are in your inner circle and find out who the trainers are in your market that work with elite level high school players, Uh, current college players, past college players, and current professional players. And in in most markets, this person exists. If you're in a very rural community, you may be left to your own devices um, through Google searches and things like that. But if if you have access to a major metro area, you need to look and find out who these people are that you could potentially pull into the mix, so that you have the resources that you need. So, strength and physicality was by far and away the number one most unanimous response that we got when it came to what keeps kids off the court when they get to college. So, the, the second one um, that that's keeping kids away from playing early in their college careers is managing the college regimen. So, uh, you know. I, I didn't, I'm not that far removed from my, uh, from my high school career. When I transitioned to college, it's amazing how much free time it feels like you have once you get to school. So you got a few classes, depending on, on how your college program structures their practices, you're going to have, you know, a couple classes in a given day. Maybe you take all of your classes on two of the days a week and you don't have classes on other days. Uh, it's going to vary based on where you go to school, based on what your, what your practice schedule is. But understand that in all of that free time, you have to manage your classes, your homework, weight training, study tables, practices, scouting reports, your individual workouts outside of practice. You have to do film study. You have your games, you have travel, and then you also have your free time in addition to that, that that you manage. So like your social, um, your social interactions. And then you also have the distraction of, um, extracurricular social opportunities, which some some of them, you know, being very positive and some of them, you know, potentially, um, being a threat to, um, all of these other things that, that you're working towards. So if in high school, you're allowing your free time to let you drift. So if in that free time, if you wake up on a Saturday and, um, you know, you you go pour a bowl of cereal, you go watch cartoons, you look at your phone, you ask your buddies what they're doing today. Uh, You kind of hang out for a while, watch some stuff on YouTube. All of a sudden it's three or four o'clock. You think, oh, you know, maybe I'll go outside and get a couple shots up. You know, you get some shots up and then all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's five, 6 PM and you haven't really gotten anything done that day. Uh, The most successful people on the planet have a plan and a regimen for what they do, and that free time um, is, is very um, structured in the way that it's um, in the way that it's sectioned off. And there's there's a quote that I love, and I and I don't know who said it, but all, the, the the quote says, ultimately, structure is the one pathway to freedom. So the way to structure in true free time is to make sure that everything that you have that you're responsible for is structured into your day in some way, shape or form. So that means that you have all of your individual workouts, all your class, all your practices, all your film study, your travel, you have all that stuff on a calendar so that you can ensure you're getting done everything that you need to get done. And then that lets you know where your free time should really be. And I'm the the biggest believer in you need to have free time. You need to have your time where you recharge or you go watch Netflix or you go on a date with your boyfriend or your girlfriend or you go do those things, but you want it to be structured in. You don't want those extracurricular things to pull you away from and suck time away from the things that are moving you towards your goal. And that's the one of the biggest things we're hearing from college coaches is that kids just struggle to have such a regimented schedule when they get in and in addition to that, I heard a great uh, you know piece of information from a Division I head coach. He says, if my voice isn't in the top three influences in that kid's life, I have no chance. So the schedule and the regimen that they give you, you may have people in your life that say, oh no, you need to do this, or you need to go do, go do this workout, or, or they're putting too much on you. If If you're not trusting that head coach's plan for you, they have no chance to get through to you. So, what you need to what you need to do now or what's actionable on this right now is that you need to begin structuring yourself as a high school athlete, begin structuring these things into your schedule. And part of the challenge and we'll go through this as we as we go through these other items that are keeping kids off the court, but as we go through this, you need to think about what are the things that, that your high school program is already asking of you, so that's already being taken care of for you, and what are the things that you're gonna really need to take control over to ensure that uh, that they're getting done? And there definitely will be parts of this that you need to take full ownership over And so as many of these things as you can structure in with your individual workouts, with your strength training, with your skill development, with your classwork, work, uh, with you know, your transportations to and from schools, depending on what your commutes look like, uh, going to and from games, structuring in uh, social opportunities, start building those things out on a calendar so that you know what your actual free time looks like. And as you get yourself more organized, it'll make that transition when you get to college completely seamless. So there's no better time right now. And there are very few benefits to this quarantine that we're going through right now in this whole pandemic. But one of the benefits to it is that as a high school athlete today, it's very similar to being a college athlete that's home for summer break, where you have full control over structuring your entire schedule. And you can do that right now because most most schools are doing digital and online learning right now. So you need to structure in your school time and figure out how everything fits in around that. And so I would I would challenge you, and that's what you can do today. I would challenge you to go in and really start to structure your schedule and start preparing yourself as though you already are a college athlete. So that's one thing that you don't have to worry about that impacts you when it comes to um Performing at the highest level once you once you get to college. So uh, the the third thing, and now we're going to start getting to some of the things that that impact players on the court. So the third thing that that came up consistently, you know, again across coaches at all levels, was urgency. So what I mean by urgency is is having a heightened awareness of it and an engagement in the aspects of the game that truly impact winning. So. It's not hard to be enthusiastic about scoring. That that's a very um, elementary way of looking at the game. You know, I'm, I'm excited to play. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to play our crosstown rival, or I'm excited to play our conference rival, or our state rival, because you know, I'm and I'm envisioning my version of success is I'm going to score a bunch of points, or um, you know, like the, like the crowd's going to be going crazy. But but urgency and enthusiasm for the little things in the game that truly make teams be successful. And what you'll you'll realize once you get to that college level is that the margin for mental errors uh, have much bigger implications at the college level than they do in the high school game. So if you... Uh, If you forget a set play during a game, if you miss a scouting detail for a defensive or offensive scheme, if you, you know, close out with low hands and somebody gets an open shot, if you miss a box out, if you're jogging in transition, if you don't communicate screens, um, all of these things have impacts that truly do win and lose games. And while these things do, um, do impact the outcome of games at all levels. And the teams that are better at these things do have a higher level of success college teams that execute these scenarios better in the margins, those are the teams that have success. Because once you get to the college level, everybody truly is very talented. Uh, even, even the teams that finish at the bottom part of conferences or that don't do as well, they have talented players. And for whatever reason, those teams just haven't been able to get their kids to buy into uh, doing those those little things at the highest level. So that urgency that understanding that this matters in everything that I do. And so um, what you can do today to start to prepare yourself for the college level is start holding yourself accountable uh, in, in every workout that you have and really key in on the things that, that your coaches are asking of you. And, and when you get feedback from college coaches or you get feedback from your club coaches, really take that stuff to heart and instead of being defensive or or thinking that they're just having you go through the motions, have an appreciation for, you know, why your coach is asking you to have your hands up on every closeout, why they're asking you to snap every pass to your teammate, why they're telling you to, you know, set up your cuts and cut hard or cut tight off a screen or, or show with big hands uh, when you're defending a ball screen. Any of these things, really hold yourself accountable. Cause there it's it's one thing to have a coach uh, ask those things of you and have you execute them, and it's a totally different thing to uh, have a level of accountability for yourself and a level of urgency and enthusiasm inside of yourself that uh, will set your will set you apart from the pack once you get to the college level because you have a, you have a quick window there while where you're um, you know the, the freshman that's kind of wet behind the ears. And then they're going to expect you to pick this stuff up quickly. So if you can come in day one and have that urgency for the details, um, you're going to put yourself in a spot to be wildly successful out of the gates. So um, the next thing uh, for preparing for opponents. So this is the fourth criteria of of five. Um, And again, we we got great feedback from colleges. Some of them went into great detail on these things. Um, But the, the fourth thing is comprehending and executing schemes and scouting reports. So... Uh, this is, is likely something that varies um, between high school programs dramatically. So some of you guys get scouting reports on every single team you play against. Some of you watch film on opponents. Some of you watch film on yourselves. Um, some of you don't watch any film during the season. Some of you have no idea what you're walking into as far as your opponents are concerned. Uh, regardless of that, whether you're playing at the Division One, Two, Three, NAI level, or uh, into the junior college level, You will watch film almost every single day on yourself, on your opponents. You will either have written or electronic scouting reports on every opponent that you play. You will likely be responsible for knowing a few of their set actions, understanding their motion offense, knowing how they defend ball screens, um, knowing the tempo that they want to play at, knowing their individual personnel tendencies and strengths and weaknesses. So there's a lot to consume when you go into the game. And like uh, like studying for a test and being prepared for a test, the you go into tests with a lot of confidence when, when you already feel like you know all the answers. And that's true of the college game as well. So when you go into the game and uh, you're locked in and dialed on that scouting report, you're going to have a lot more success. You're going to be able to ease into the things uh, that that you do, uh, that you're able to contribute to a team to be successful. And so what you can do right now to prepare for those things if you're fortunate enough to be in a high school program that that already focuses on scouting reports um, that that's phenomenal and you know make sure that you thank your coach for those things, for those of you that want to go play at the college level because that that truly will separate you from the pack when you get handed your first scouting report and you already know how to consume those things. but if you don't, watch a ton of film with your team. If you don't go through a lot of scout uh, in preparation for opponents, you need to make sure that you're doing things on your own to help get the wheels turning on what that's going to look like for you in college. So the first thing that, that, that I would say is I know personally, I know a lot of high school coaches. Some of the high school coaches that I know that prepare um, better than anybody they don't give their kids a ton of information because they don't want to bog them down. And so the first place you need to go, if you wanna to start to prepare for scouting reports that will come at the college level, go to your high school coach and ask them um, you know, what they're doing for scouting and ask if you can be included in that or get a version of, of whatever they're doing in preparation uh, so that you can, uh, you can start to prepare for what's, what's coming at the next level. Now, if, if they don't have a real in-depth scouting report that they go off of, I think it's critical that you start watching college games and watching high school games for the strategy that's involved. So not just for the individual performances, not just for the scoreboard, but start watching the pace that teams play at. Start watching uh, you know, the schemes and tendencies that they have in their sets. Start watching individual players and, and seeing the things that you can pick apart in their games. Um, because everybody, even the best players in the world, they have tendencies, they have go-to moves and you want to start looking at the game in terms of how can I, how can I attack this situation? How would I approach this situation to be successful? And a lot of times you see extremely talented players at all levels go on to college and they, they don't realize, or they're, they're not prepared for the fact that everybody is really talented when you get there. And so understanding your opponent knowing what they do to be successful and what could potentially be done to help them be less successful that day um, all of those things put you in the driver's seat to have a lot of success and you will be expected to know these things when you get to college. So starting to take ownership over those things, start evaluating other high school and college games for the, the scouts and not just for the score. Uh, it, it'll help you. It'll help you tremendously. And you can do these even as you prepare for your AAU games. You know, if you have an opportunity to watch a team that you're getting ready to play, or you're just sitting and watching, uh, you know, games kind of between your own games, um, evaluate those things as a college prospect that's getting ready to play these opponents, so that um, once you get to that point, you're, you're already a step ahead of the pack. So, so the fifth and final, and this list could have been a lot longer, but the fifth and final uh, point here that, um, or the fifth and final criteria that's that's keeping guys off the court as young athletes, uh, we put it in a category of ball security. So. In my mind, this includes turnovers and it includes shot selection. Um, Most college teams are targeting somewhere between eight and 12 turnovers a game. You know, the the programs that take better care of the ball, they consistently uh, make deeper runs into tournaments at their levels. They consistently end up at the top of their conferences. Uh, If you get above 15 turnovers in a college game, you're gonna have a really hard time winning games. And and in a high school game, you you may see a, a team that has 15 or 20 turnovers that still ends up winning that game. Just because they're they're more talented, uh, and there's just more margin to make up for empty possessions. To, to clarify here, and I've touched on this a little bit before. At the high school level, the more talented team is generally generally going to win that game. So, um, you know, there, there's not the depth of athletes on on a run of the mill high school team that you're going to see at the college level. Um, you you have, you have a, a wide range of um, you know competitive balance at the college level. The, the team that turns the ball over less, the team that wins the rebounding margin, the team that has higher field goal percentage, they're generally going to win that game. And yes, that's true of all levels, but it's especially true with the thin margins that there are in the college game. And so the premium on taking care of the basketball and the understanding, going back to the urgency point, understanding the value of each possession and understanding that that possession could make the difference in winning a game your coach has to be able to trust that you're not going to give the ball up that you're going to help your team get a great shot now the the kicker here is that being a guy that doesn't turn the ball over but but does it in a way that's really passive that, that doesn't do anybody any good either. So everybody on the court needs to uh, needs to be aggressive, but this notion of ball security and making sure that we're getting something good every time down the court, it makes a huge difference. And so often you see young players go into games and they don't realize the importance of making sure we're maintaining possessions and it ends up keeping them off the court when they're actually talented enough uh, to, to be able to uh, add value to the team. But obviously, if, if we're not able to, to get shots up or we're not consistently getting shots up um, or we're not sure what we're going to get when we come down the court, um, that becomes an issue of, of trust for young guys. So as a young kid, one of the best things that you can do is the second you walk onto campus, make sure it's at the forefront of your mind to not turn the ball over. And if you do turn it over, don't let one turnover turn into two. Don't let two turnovers turn into three. Just let one mistake be that mistake. Let it roll off your back and move on. So um with, uh, with, with that in mind, t- two things that I wanted to note here um, that, that we, we I didn't hear at all from from college coaches. Um, there was not a single school that listed skill. So of the top five things that, that we took and out of this list that we got from, you know, close to 60, a little over 60 coaches, um, we didn't have one coach come back to us and say, that skill is the reason that that keeps guys off the court. So what you need to understand is that there are tens of thousands of college players across the country that are talented enough, that are skilled enough to contribute. But for one reason or another, they haven't gotten the trust of their coach to execute against these these criteria that have been listed as more important above. And, and again, whether it's a deficiency in strength or, or not understanding scout or not taking care of the ball, um, any number of these things are keeping guys off the court. And sometimes there are just more talented players in front of you as a young player, where maybe you come in as a freshman knowing that there are five or six seniors in the rotation, and you're going to play a lot the following year, or you're just an underclassman that's waiting their turn. That definitely does happen. But usually it's one of these things that's keeping you off the court. It's generally speaking, it's not skill. Your coach recruited you because they believe that you're skilled enough or you, you will be skilled enough to be able to play. It's your ability to consume these these other things. Now, something that's critical to keep in mind is that colleges, and I wanna be clear that that this is not the fault of the prospect, but you see it oftentimes where college programs get intoxicated by what a player is able to do offensively when they watch them play in the summertime and they don't address the issues that they have with their team or their program during the season. And so by that, I mean these top five criteria, you know, colleges and they're responding fast and these responses are consistent. There's very little variation between the responses that we're getting on these things where, you know, programs want kids that are stronger and can handle physicality and can consume scouting reports, um, can defend their position and all of these different things that we're looking at, but very seldom does a college coach look for these things when they go recruit in the summertime. So all of the things that they're valuing you for during the recruiting process now get flipped when you get to school and the things that actually get you on the court are... These, these five things that we just listed here. And so that can be a confusing things for kids. And a lot of times that impacts uh, a kid's trust potentially in a college program because they think that they were valued for certain things that they're not valued for today, which I want to be clear, that's not the case by recruiting you. Colleges are assuming that you're good enough. And they're going to try to teach you all of these things or get you to buy into all of these other things so that they can utilize your skills. And again, the more talented you are, they may have more flexibility in these other areas, but ultimately they're not going to help you win games. And the programs that really struggle at the college level, you see that that coaches are having to bend on these things that matter the most in order to put talented players on the court. And the best teams have their most talented players that are valuing these different criteria that that all these coaches responded on today. So don't be confused when you go through the recruiting process and all of these things that a college program loved you for, now become, um, now take a back seat potentially to uh, these things that, schools are looking for so that they can win more games and help you ultimately be successful. So uh, we had a blast pulling all this information together. Hopefully you guys found value in it. Um, If you have questions, again, always email us. My email is nick at prepnetwork.com. It's P-R-E-P-N-E-T-W-O-R-K.com. You know, love to spitball this stuff but a lot of great feedback to take from college programs. You have a lot of ownership in this thing to make sure that ultimately you can be successful um, and make sure you play early so that you don't um, fall victim to this transfer epidemic that's taking place. Um, so the ball, is in, uh, the ball is in your court.